Blog Talk Radio. What's up, man? Hey, good afternoon, Logan. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all the classic wrestling fans out there. As we talk about the man I consider to be the second greatest junior heavyweight, cruiserweight, light heavyweight, whatever you want to call it of all time, the legendary Ray Mysterio Jr. So who's better than him? Jushin Thunder Liger. <laughs> okay. And they've, the they've, only guy. That's the only guy. And they've had some great... Uh, Matches. You know, it's funny. The matches they've had, when you look at it, I mean, Jushin Liger towers, Jushin Liger is maybe 5'7", 5'8", and he towers over uh, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio only being about 5'3". So there you go, the two greatest junior heavyweights of all time. And um, we'll definitely be doing a program about Jushin Liger down the line with his greatest performances. But right now, we talk about Rey Mysterio and his greatest performances and unfucking believable these three matches. Just unreal. The uh, Ray Mysterio Jr. is actually, in my opinion, <laughs> the real life Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. He's the closest thing in the real world that you can get. <laughs> You've never seen the Spider Man. He is Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, and he and he um, defies gravity in many ways um, and just crazy athletics. Um, I guess what does he, he started out really early just doing pro wrestling, right? I mean, not even I, have like I believe if I'm not mistaken, now he's 20, he's in, in these matches, he's 21 to 22 years old. And this is 96 and 97. He began his career in 1989, minus 7, he was 14 years old when he started his wrestling career. Yeah, so just that's what he's been living and breathing. I mean, it looked like he has a background in gymnastics or something, but uh he just got everything from wrestling, I guess. He just has that I mean, natural just, ability. He's just a naturally athletic young man, and he put that into wrestling. His, his uncle trained him. His uncle, Ray Mysterio Sr., was uh, nowhere near junior, but he trained him and, and, and um, helped make him into the wrestler he is today. Was his father like the kind of same kind of guy, like real no, athletic? It was, I don't think his father was a wrestler. His uncle, Ray Mysterio oh. Sr., was a wrestler. Oh, I got you. He, he was an acrobat, but the student fought surpassed the teacher. Definitely, definitely. So, um, yeah, he's, in this in these matches, he's already been wrestling for six, seven, seven years. years. Yeah. yeah, and he's just like so crisp, and this is definitely in his prime. And when he does make it to the WWE, he's already like injured so many times. Right. He, I mean, he had a great WWE career, but his prime is what we're looking at right now. From the age of 21 until 23, there was no better guy on the planet. And he's taking three guys on, two of them 
also Hall of Famers, two of the all-time greats, which makes these matches even even better because all three of these wrestlers kept up with him, and he had his greatest matches with them. That's why we're talking about his greatest performances with three these three guys. Let me run it down real quick. July 7th, 1996, from the WCW Bash at the Beach. That was the night in which Hogan turned on the WCW and joined the NWO. Then we go to the World War III pay-per-view later that year, November 24th, 1996, where he wrestles the Hall of Famer, the legendary Ultimo Dragon. And then the final match that we'll talk about, Halloween Havoc of 1997, October 26, 1997, when he takes on the legendary Eddie Guerrero, another member of the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Yes. So um, we get um, with this first match here. Um, now, he, is, he came in, I remember, um, before this and, and was wrestling with Malenko, right? He feuded with Malenko after this, I believe. Okay, I after. And um, when did uh, – well, actually, I saw – let's see. When did he – he did Bash at the Beach. Who did he wrestle at Bash at the You were at Bash at the Beach. Who did he wrestle on your memory? Oh, no, 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 no. This, what, are we, what are we watching here? What, what is this you one? Know, you attended the Great American Bash. This is the Bash at the Beach. Yeah, that's right. Great American Bash. He, I think he did wrestle Malenko. Malenko beat him. Okay. All right, okay, and and he and he beat Malenko for the junior heavyweight for the cruiserweight title, right? I think Malenko won that match. I don't know if he because coming into this match, he's the cruiserweight champion. He is in in this in this match against uh, Psychosis. Then, does, does he come in the ring with a belt? No, no, Psychosis. He's just it's just a. I think the cruiserweight champion at this time is Malenko. Okay, all right, good. good. And uh, I think he tried and failed to beat Malenko. So. Whatever. I mean, he's still, you know, at the top of this uh, division here. And, uh, and another he, thing, I never liked Malenko, but Malenko's greatest matches were against Eddie, uh, not Eddie Guerrero, against Rey Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about this match here. So he's uh, now him and Psychosis. They talk about how they've have quite a rivalry and they've faced each other several times already. Psychosis is he is he a a, a fellow Mexican? Oh, you know, it, 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 it's funny uh, you, you mentioned this. I'm just looking it up. The next day, Mysterio Mysterio defeated uh, Malenko for the title. Go ahead. Where at the, at at, at uh, Nitro? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the next day after this match, Mysterio wins the title. All right. Now, what you were saying about psychosis? Psychosis is a fellow Mexican, right? Yes. Yes. Psychosis was well on his way to a Hall of Fame career coming into this match. But then, fucking Eric Bischoff, Bischoff, when he first brought the Luchadors in, he used them right. He kept them against each other, and they would open up Nitro. They opened up the pay-per-views with great matches. Then he would start having them job out to NWO guys, and it really hurt all of them, especially LaParka. LaParka should have – LaParka had the natural charisma. LaParka should have been a huge star in America. Bischoff fucked them all. Yeah, they became uh... – like fodder for these guys. They would just get destroyed. You know, what I love is, remember when um, the best thing he ever did was when Kevin Nash torpedoed uh, Ray Mysterio to the bus with his head? Yeah, <laughs> like he used him like a lawn dart. Okay, so 
we get into this match here. Psychosis and Rey Mysterio had a lot of great matches coming into this point. In AAA and ECW, the year prior, they had a spectacular match. Yeah, so Psychosis is a great in his own right. Um, so then you have uh, this attempt in the beginning of the match, you have the attempt by uh, Mysterio to get a handshake. He just gets slapped by Psychosis. So... Um, that starts off the match with the bad blood. And what I here. love about these matches, what makes these matches even better, you don't the uh, you, your regular color commentating team at the time was Shivani, Dusty, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. They know nothing about uh, Luchador. They know nothing about Mysterio, Psychosis, Dragon, etc. So they bring in Mike Tenay, who had an extensive Lucha Libre background, to help commentate the match and bring historical facts, and it made the match even better because Tanae's knowledge of these wrestlers made them, I mean, just brought it home. Yeah, you just see these other three guys uh, just, they're... Make jokes, just making jokes. Yeah. They don't even know what to say here. They're just like, whoa. Well, I love when this match starts, though. Bobby Heenan goes, and I remember this time, I don't know, Demi Moore played a... Demi Moore was in a movie where she was a soldier. Or yeah, G.I. Jane. What was the name of the movie? G.I. Jane. Yeah, and then he goes, oh, Mysterio has the same haircut as Demi Moore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then she, then he, then he said about uh, psychosis that he had that. Peg Bundy's hairstyle. Yeah, Peg Bundy's hair. <laughs> Bobby Brain is awesome. And then, then when he, when when um when Mike Tenay starts rattling off these move names, he's just like, where where you get these names from? Off a bathroom wall? Anyway. <laughs> is there anything you don't know? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so they so they they don't get the handshake. He gets slapped. Then he gets a he gets arm dragged, a la um, Rick Steamboat. Sends uh, Psychosis out of the ring. Um, Ray slides in. Uh, he gets he gets a half crab on uh, Psychosis. They're grappling back and forth. Then we see this spin kick sends Mysterio right out. Awesome spin kick by Psychosis. Uh, then Psychosis does a suicide dive right into the ring oh, rail. And what I love about what I love about this, I've only seen three other wrestlers execute this move where they would leap over the top rope effortlessly, as good as Psychosis. That would be Superfly Snooker, and Snooker was phenomenal. Sting before Sting uh, busted up his knee, and of course, Tiger, the original Tiger Mask, where they would leap over the top rope effortlessly. And Psychosis did this. Perfectly, I mean, and he leaped head first over the top rope. Yeah, he nailed that damn uh, head, that 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 rail with his head. Um, <laughs> then we see a, a running clothesline by um, by by uh, psychosis that almost takes Mysterio's head off. Um, then Mysterio is like laying on the apron, um, and uh, he's he, psychosis runs up to do some kind of move and. Uh, Rey Mysterio, like, kicks him up and into the post. Oh, that was spectacular. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, like, that might have been the best move of the match. Oh, yeah, man, then he follows it up with a – follows it up from a hurricane runner from the apron onto the floor. On, in, and um, Rey Mysterio must have done about four or five Frankensteiners, hurricane in this match. And they were all just perfectly excellent. Yeah, that's his he big – Frankensteiner better than Scott Steiner ever did. Oh, sure, and he can hit it from any – Fucking move anywhere. Uh, so he yeah he's he hits it from the uh, from the apron to the floor. Then he gets one from the middle 
top of the middle. That's another thing that he kind of innovated was coming off not the turnbuckle, but the center of the the top rope. Oh yeah, he would springboard off the off the off the, off the ropes and hit you with the hurricanrana, which was usually his finishing maneuver. He wouldn't just like Scott Steiner had to had, would toss you off the ropes and have to stand and do it. Like you said, Mysterio did it anywhere, and he perfectly did it when he would springboard off the middle ropes, off the off the ropes, the ropes itself, not the turnbuckle, and hit you picture perfect with the hurricanrana. Yeah, he'd balance on that thing on the on the on the rope itself like a tightrope guy. He, he was he was the wrestling equivalent to Spider Man. And he would often turn it into a, a pinning combination where he'd get well, that you. Was, that that used to be a what's his what what was his finishing maneuver in the WWE the six nine what they call that shit six one nine six one nine well this this was his finishing move before the six one nine yeah. Yeah, the six one nine was uh, he 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 kind of teases it a couple times in these matches, but definitely wasn't using it until he got to no, WWE. No, that was that was not his finishing move at this time. At this time was the springboard hurricanrana. Yeah. Right. So he then um, psychosis um, ends up tossing uh, Mysterio onto the rope, stomach first, uh, basically just like impaling him on the on the rope and bouncing him off. Then Mysterio's Outside, he gets uh, dropped neck first onto the guardrail by Psychosis, who's just kind of... Oh, that was... That was yes. Yeah. Oh, these two had great chemistry. Great chemistry. And um, later on down the line, when we do wrestling's greatest matches, in 2017, there'll be some Psychosis Rey Mysterio matches from Mexico and ECW that we'll look at. They had great chemistry, and you could tell throughout this match. Because they, 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 they didn't make any mistakes. This was a flawless match. Yeah, and 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 it was you know this this is at least a match where you can kind of some of the matches that he had like especially the next match and and actually the other two the, these next two matches after this is just like it's so hard to even like oh, separate yeah, the, the moves. The pace was, the pace was nonstop. Yeah. and in two of these three matches, the same finishing maneuver occurred. Right, right. So anyway, so he's he gets a psychosis. Uh, Gets a backsplash from the top turnbuckle onto Mysterio on the floor. Oh yeah! Ugh, man, that must have hurt. Then we get him back in the ring. He gets him in a camel clutch. Psychosis on Mysterio. Um, he gets him in a chicken wing. He's somehow Mysterio does some crazy thing where he like roll. He flips. Uh, I can't even tell you what he does, but he gets out of it by like rolling to the top of his head and like flipping over him mm-hmm. to get out of that um, chicken wing. Um, he jumps. Um, he he hits a drop kick from the top rope, um, and then a hurricane rana from outside, uh, a twisting Asahi style moonsault, which is. Uh, from oh, the top that. rope to the outside onto psychosis. Um, and you know who and you know who Asai is, right? No. The next guy he he, met, he wrestles, Ultimo Dragon. That uh, that's that's his real name, Asai. Oh, okay. The Asai moonsault was his cre- it was his innovative move, and that's his real real name. And um, well, I'll talk about it. We'll, we'll go to the next match. Continue after the moonsault. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, then he he's they're back in the ring. He goes for another Hurricane Rana off the. The rope, as he usually does, but uh, psychosis catches him in a power bomb, slams oh, him down. That 
That was on the concrete floor, right? Oh. Well, no, no. Actually, this was just in the ring. Um, I, I don't. I, I think yeah, he probably did catch him with one of those in the in the concrete floor too. One of these matches, he got power bombed on the concrete floor. Yeah. Uh, Psychosis goes for a top rope. Um, from uh, goes for. Goes to the top turnbuckle for a razor's edge. This is where the finisher we saw, I think, in the yes. uh, Guerrero. Yes. He yes. goes for a razor's edge off the top turnbuckle, but then he reverses it with a perfectly executed Bruin Conrado off the top rope, gets the pin, gets the win in a spectacular match. And everybody remembers the turn. This was a great pay-per-view. This was what WCW was kicking ass because the booking with Sullivan and Bischoff was perfect. You had the superstars at the top of the card. But at the beginning through the middle, you had all these great workers giving the fans something to watch until they anticipate the main event. Great pay-per-views from top to bottom. And I remember that this was a great, great, one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time. And what a great ending when Hogan comes in, late drops Randy Savage, and turns on the fans, and they're just pelting, pelting the ring with garbage. Yeah, this is like basically pro wrestling at its peak. I yes, mean, because you got every every element that you need for good pro wrestling, you know. Um, they had it all. This WCW product was probably the greatest wrestling product of all time because of the they had more talent than anybody ever had, and they utilized it per, per, perfectly. But then in '98, they started using using the luchador that job is to the NWO. Every week it's the NWO coming in, beating people up. The only thing that was exciting was Goldberg's streak, and even they fucked that up. But in 96 and 97, WCW was hitting on all cylinders. Well, what's interesting is the the storyline of the, the WCW getting taken over by the NWA and NWO ended up like becoming kind of true because they started booking the shows. I mean, at least these top guys started booking the shows, and they booked it all about themselves, and they, they ruined the fucking promotion. So they Hogan, actually... Hogan, Nash, I'm, I can't put Scott Hall into it, because Scott Hall would do jobs, and he would put people over, but Hogan and Nash put nobody over. Right. They would put nobody over, and it would, and so you couldn't build these guys, the, these guys that we talk about, the Mysterios, the Guerreros, the Jerichos, they couldn't get past mid-card because these guys wouldn't let them beat them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you it should have been somebody on top of those guys, like, making the decisions. Instead, they basically... Yeah, bitch. Whatever they fuck they wanted to do. Yeah, and they fucked it up. And it's interesting, because, like, that's essentially, you know, the end of the NWO invasion, like, I think did kill WCW in the end, so... It, it, it resurrected WCW, and it killed them. It was right. Both, it was like Hitler taking over Germany. He took over the world... And then eventually Germany was destroyed, and he killed it a punk. Right, right, yeah, you're right. It was very, very akin to that. Very similar, yes. So, so, right, you... so, on, so on to the next match, a few months later, and this time it's um Osmo Dragon, the aforementioned Asai, against Rey Mysterio in a in Osmo Dragon, a member of the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Quick, um, quick point I wanted to bring up earlier, when he came to the WWF in the early 2000s. He was backstage, and he was unmasked backstage. And Stephanie McMahon didn't know who he was. He was like, who's that good-looking guy over there? <laughs> so he's a good-looking Asian guy, huh? Apparently he is. Well, I, apparently he is. But he, was, he wrestled without a mask, has his real name, 
and he created that moonsault that you talked about that Mysterio used in the prime match. Then he put on the mask, and he became the ultimate dragon, one of the greatest cruiserweight, junior heavyweight, light heavyweights of all time. And at this point in time, he had seven of the eight um, cruiserweight championships around the world. Well, this guy, I mean, he's he's incredible. He had an incredible manager, too, and uh, Sonny Ono, I loved him. And it's funny, I love Sonny Ono. Sonny Ono was one of Eric Bischoff's best friends, yet that didn't stop Sonny Ono from participating in the WCW, the, the, the wrestlers against WCW uh, racial discrimination lawsuit, which won him big bucks. Is that right? Yes, yes. I didn't know they had a lawsuit uh, about yeah. what? Um, many guys won money. Um, Hard Body Harrison won a few million dollars, and he used that money to have a, uh, a slave ship, a sex slave ship, which put him in jail for the rest of his life. A <laughs> sex slave ship. Oh, my he, he God. All, he, he got all these big booty chicks up, up on a compound in Georgia and just kept them there for, uh, for prostitution and all types of other bondage. Wow. I had no idea about this guy. A girl, one of the ladies escaped, went to the authorities. The authorities came, shut it down, and he in jail. for the rest of his life. Yeah. Wow, look at that. Well, anyway. Bobby Harrison, who was a fucking job in the WCW, and got a, this was a lawsuit brought upon by Thunderbolt Patterson and Sonny Ono, and all these guys won a lot of money. And where was the proof that they were being treated uh, racist? I mean, because uh, was it just... Well... Sonny Ono brought up how the luchadors were held back, how they never pushed any, other than Ron Simmons, they never pushed any black wrestlers to the top of the card, which is true, which is true. And um, that was, and um, witnesses mentioning racist comments by Bischoff and Ric Flair, such and such. That all came out, and boom, one of these guys, a lot of money. They must have just settled for it, yeah. Booker T wasn't involved in the lawsuit and his brother and his brother Stevie Way because that's when Vince Russo and the heads of WCW went on and put the WCW World Title on him so that he wouldn't participate in the in the. Ah, there you go. Okay, so this match here, I mean, this match is mostly Ultimo Dragon. I mean, there's uh, Rey Mysterio doesn't he's you know he does some great selling, but I, I don't see him getting a lot of big moves here. Um, no, this, this was them putting on small dragon over big, and which which only made sense because dragon because dragon was was the champion, and they they wanted to show how great he was by beating the best cruiserweight from WCW in Rey Mysterio, and the ending was a spectacular spectacular ending where Rey Mysterio tries his Toronto springboard off the ropes, and Dragon reverses it. Dragon reverses it into his dragon bomb. Yeah, and it just uh, he gets gets pinned. Uh, but but I mean, some of the stuff in this match. I mean, it, it is a great back and forth at the beginning that kind of shows the skill of both guys. And it, also, Dragon does that uh, double dragon type uh, jump kick that Mood, that Kiji Mudo, great Mudo, makes famous in the United States. A drag is just a great wrestler, deserved member of the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame because he did it all. He could do it all. And some nice mat work by Ultimate Dragon at the beginning of the match as well. Yes. I mean, he just gets, uh, he's really fucking with um, Mysterio here. I mean, also Sonny Ono, too, getting his kicks in on the outside. Wow, while Mysterio's out on the concrete floor, yes. Yeah, I mean, there's this like a, a spinning backbreaker by Ultimate Dragon. Yes. Um, yes, yes. 
half crab, then you get like a power bomb, then um, a guillotine on the top rope. Um, he gets him into like a, a Cesaro style swing. You get a, you see a fisherman suplex by Ultimo Dragon, brain buster. He, he does the, uh, he does the German suplex. He does all that. Yeah. Yeah. He tries for another brain buster. Gets a small package from Rey Mysterio. He then does a tombstone on the <laughs> Rey Mysterio. On the concrete floor. There you go. Yes, 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 yes. Splash from the top to the floor uh, by Ultimo Dragon and Mysterio. Hurricane Rana by uh, Ultimo Dragon from the top turnbuckle. Uh, running power bomb. I mean, just fucking killing this guy. I mean, I, I've never seen Rey Mysterio take more punishment. Um, he finally catches Ultimo Dragon coming into the turnbuckle um, with a, you know just some kicks in the face, and he goes to the top rope and he gets a drop kick to the back of Ultimo Dragon's head. That's a pretty cool move. Um, Ultimo Dragon uh, flies out of the ring, and then. Um, he he tries to do the hurricane uh, pin round to the pin. He try it doesn't get it. He gets a there's a full uh, Nelson suplex by Ultimo Dragon, um, mm-hmm. and, and then Mary Mysterio goes again for the hurricane Rana, but then gets power bombed and pinned. So this is uh, yeah, it was a good showcase for. I mean, you have to have Ray Mysterio in there selling like a motherfucker. So I mean, as terms of a seller, he you know he's hey, just, the on that Ricky Morton, Ricky Steamboat level when it comes to babyface selling. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, he's just incredible. Now, this next match with... Um, was the best match of the three. Yeah. Sensational. I mean, Eddie Guerrero, this is Eddie Guerrero in his prime. I yeah. Mean, he's got it all. And unfortunately, a few months later, he would be in a major car accident, and he never was on this level again. He was still a great worker, but this is Eddie at his best. Pre-car accident, pre-painkillers, pre-all that shit. This is Eddie Guerrero at his best. Well, you can tell he started taking the juice here, though. Yeah, well, yeah, he's all juiced up, but he's 29 and in his prime before that. Because after that major accident, while he was still a great worker, he wasn't this type of worker. Yeah. So there's this, I mean, this match just, I mean, I'm basically just going to turn this match on right now and just start, like, telling you what. No, 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 no. Real quick, there was a lot, there was a move where, where Eddie Guerrero, where Mysterio comes out of nowhere and does a DDT because Guerrero um, misses. There's another part in the match where he's got Rey Mysterio up and down, upside down in the in the in the tied up in the in the in the, in the corner, and he goes for 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 a kick, and Mysterio gets up and and Eddie Guerrero crouches the ringside with his fucking ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he runs right into the post, slides oh. into it. Like his balls took a beating there. I mean, that was this match was flawless. All three of these matches were flawless. Just one great move after another. Yeah, Mysterio. Um, he he goes for a splash. Uh, I mean, just I can't even. I can't even. This 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 one is just like you have to watch no, no, it. You gotta watch it to see. <laughs> we cannot do justice for this match. Yeah, there was a. There was a beautiful maneuver that Guerrero did in this match where he did a combination backbreaker and then threw Mysterio to the ground. Boom. One, two, and one fluid motion. That was, oh, Guerrero, um, Mysterio took a, and he's ripping Mysterio's mask. And, oh, talk about the mask. It was a Spider-Man-like body, body um, uh, um, um, suit that he wore. Yeah, it was a great, great. Uh... 
I mean, he looked like Spider-Man with, with the moves and the costume in his mask. I was like, look at this. Yeah, there's a great move where Mysterio basically uh, does like a corkscrew moonsault and hits. Um, oh, that was perfectly, yeah, and then he hits him. With a back elbow. Corkscrew moonsault almost into a headbutt on the Yeah, I mean, he gets him with his elbow. And then he uh, Mysterio uh, does a uh, split leg moonsault into a um, into Guerrero's knees. I mean, it, uh, it. And then he goes. Uh, he gets a power bomb on Mysterio. Um, Guerrero does. He try. He goes for the razor's edge, just like. Um, just like psychosis. psychosis and gets caught and in the Mysterio same. Mysterio reverses it into Hurricanrana for the one, two, three. And this was if Mysterio loses the match. He loses. This was belt versus mask. And so Mysterio wins the Cruiserweight title and keeps the mask. Unfortunately, Bischoff, when he starts jobbing these guys out, and then Kevin Nash becomes the booker, beats Mysterio in a mask versus Elizabeth Elizabeth Hair's match. And you know Elizabeth's not going to lose her hair. And Nash is not going to job to a guy a foot and a half shorter than him. Fucking Mysterio loses the mask. And those are, after that, the rest of his career before WCW fall in 2001, Mysterio wrestled without a mask, and those are matches. That's a history that the WWE doesn't talk about. Yeah, I mean they're still good stuff, and he's not a bad looking guy. And I think like that's kind of why so they. Well, Conan said Conan told Bischoff and Nash not to do it because a even though Mysterio is a, a, a youthful looking dude, at the age of 24 he was already balding, and right. he told him, look. The kid has the the the, the 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 kid is balding. It doesn't make sense to take his mask off. Plus, when you when you when he loses the mask, he loses that aura of being a superhero type character to the kids that they were built that they were marketing him on. Yeah, he he doesn't have a like a real. I mean, he was okay looking, but he it it didn't he didn't look like that compelling facially, you know, charismatic. He's, he's definitely more charismatic with the mask, let's put it like yeah, that. Yeah, there's no comparison. Right. There's no comparison. It's why you don't – I will never do a ma- I will never do a show with Rey Mysterio's greatest matches unmasked because even though he had some good matches, it wasn't the same. He didn't have that aura. The, char- the charisma was in the mask. Yeah, it would be like Tommy, Tommy McGuire, like, doing Spider-Man with his mask it's off. Like, Fighting people without the with, without the Spider Man suit on or Bruce Wayne. Right, right. So it just makes a it, yeah, it changes the whole mystique of the guy, and you know it's it's such a disrespect to the tradition, uh, which is also a thing that we saw with. Uh, well, the, Conan fought, fought on it, but they didn't listen. He didn't have the power, and um, WCW just kept throwing money down the toilet. Yeah, they made so many just stupid mistakes. Um, now. Um, this guy obviously went on to have many, many more great matches. And uh, like we were talking about... Well, he, in my opinion, this match with Guerrero was the best of both their careers. It was just a sensational on 20 minutes of non-stop action. And they would have a killer feud in WWE, WWF. Yes, yes, yes. Before Guerrero died, they had a great feud. And uh, they based, oh, I'm your son's father. I mean, I wasn't watching wrestling at the time, but I was... Following through the observer, and while they weren't, they were both past their physical prime. On the mic, I, my understanding was Eddie Guerrero was sensational in carrying that feud. Yeah, he was incredible, and so was uh, Mysterio in selling it. I mean, and just like the whole thing with his son. I mean, 
WWE has a good, you know, they 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 can do angles pretty good, and uh, they definitely did this one. Everybody was looking to see him beat finally this bully, uh, who Guerrero played to you know perfection. Um, and, which he showed in which he showed in this match. Yeah, in this match as well. So when he comes, so he wins the cruiserweight, and then he does he lose the cruiserweight, or uh, to. He, um, the following year, this is 97, the following year, 98, Jericho gets it, and then Jericho gets in a few with Malenko over it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, uh, definitely the prime of his career is, you know, this, this time before he loses the mask, and uh, he's he he's incredible. I mean, it's just unbelievable, and for his size, you know, with all these huge men in there, uh, he he definitely still held his own, and, well, they, 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 and then the WWE also fucked him when they gave him the world title. He was world champion, and he was losing every fucking week with the world title. And if when he did win, it would be on a banana peel uh, loss or some shit. Right. And it, but he pulled it off. He's the second greatest junior heavyweight cruiserweight lightweight of all time. The best little man of all time. Five foot three, unbelievable. Yeah, nobody's ever gotten that to that. I mean, height being no. hit so short. <laughs> being so short. You're right. I mean, he and he did. He moved numbers. Remember, SmackDown was basically the Rey Mysterio show for several years because of that Mexican American demographic that only he could draw. Yeah, and his merchandise was crazy. Probably flying and, off the and show. And they still have yet to find his replacement. I mean, they tried with Mystico. They tried with Sin Cara. Yeah. They tried with Alberto Del Rio. No one has come close to doing what first Eddie Guerrero did and then Rey Mysterio surpassed in bringing out the numbers of a Mexican-American. Remember, the WWE used to travel to Mexico two twice a year and sell out all the arenas behind Rey Mysterio. They don't even go to Mexico anymore. Yeah, they don't even bother. Uh, it's it's one of those things where you have to you just like you have to just look at his stuff and and if you haven't really checked it out, I mean, go to the network and just look at all of his. Oh yeah, just do a search for Rey Mysterio. They got tens of matches of his. I mean, from from ECW, WCW, and the WWE. Yeah, and I was so because I saw him live, and man, is he a tiny guy? Hey, he's uh, only five foot three. Just look at the match with him and Liger. Liger's five foot eight, maybe with with boots on. And Malenko's he, uh, also tiny. And, and he and he yeah, you're right. And so is Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero's only five seven. Right, right. Guerrero's another. I mean, just unbelievable guy. Although, I mean, I'm pretty um, surprised that he got into the Hall of Fame. I mean, given that they wouldn't put Sting in and shit like that. I mean, what, what did he do that was better than Sting? I think he got in when he died. Remember that. That whenever a great wrestler dies. There's a lot of sympathy when it comes to voting. I guess that's it. because I mean he. I guess he did win the WCW title against Brock Lesnar. I mean the um, the the world title, not even the the WWF and, title. And, and, and also remember, he was phenomenal in AAA. He was phenomenal in WCW, and in WWE, he was probably their biggest drawing card up until the minute he died. I mean, him and Ray was just chilling at the house. That's right. Actually, he actually had. Uh, when he did that lie, cheat, and steal shit, he was huge, and he he did uh, yeah. he, he did win the WWF title. And then remember the Los Guerreros with him and his brother. I mean, just, and Chavo Classic. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. But I, I just thought that like you know they, you're right. It's because he died. And did they now? Well, they, he, he just he deserves to be in the, in the Hall of Fame. He was a Hall of Fame work. I mean, and, Daniel and, Bryan's in, and Daniel Bryan in a pimple on Eddie Guerrero's ass. <laughs> that would have been a great match, though. I'll tell you what. It would have uh, been a phenomenal match. Yeah. Now, um, and, and um, what's his name? Uh, Benoit is in the Hall of Fame, right? And Benoit's in the Hall of Fame mostly on his workability because. Benoit never drew a dime. That's what I was thinking. I was like, how's he in there? Even he though now they want to take him out. One of the, he's one of the greatest workers of all time. That's the only reason he's in. Yeah. I guess he he's, you know, he's been an upper mid-carder, but, I mean, I, I never saw him head, um, you know, main event in anything. I mean, I think he oh, did. Oh, he, he did main event that, 20th, that, that, that WrestleMania when um, he beat Triple H in, uh, in the, in the, and, and Shawn Michaels in that um, three-way dance. That's right. He basically did the Daniel Bryan before Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah and I got to give Triple H credit. That was the first time he ever put somebody over. Right, right. <laughs> well, couldn't have done it to a nicer guy, right? Uh, but anyway. And the two guys he put over were two of the greatest workers of all time, Daniel Bryan and Chris Benoit. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least he did it. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, you got this guy, and um, definitely good. So who are we going to uh, talk about next time? All right, the next time... We'll, the next time, after the new year, we will be doing Greatest Rivalries, The Rock versus Stone Cold. And oh. after that, we will be doing the Greatest Rivalries of the newly inducted, so deservingly overdue member Sting against Vader. So those will be the next two shows, Greatest Rivalries, Rock versus Steve Austin, and Vader versus Sting. All right, man, so stay tuned for that, and uh, I'll be talking to some boxing with you later on today, man, so talk to you yeah, then. We talked about the career of Dwight Muhammad Quarry, one of the one of the greatest fighters to ever come out of the Philadelphia area, just uh, one of the greatest, just period, of the, cruise, uh, light heavyweights of all time. There you go. Okay, man, talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody, you know, for Bernard listening. Bernard Hopkins, <laughs> fuck out last night. <laughs> Couldn't have retired at a better time, big man. Time has finally caught caught up to you. Uh, he had a pro wrestling ending there. <laughs> it wasn't a pro wrestling ending. He got knocked the fuck out. He got knocked. Then he got knocked out of the ring, right?